welcome everyone to what is the first episode of what we hope will be a very long-running podcast on all things property litigation. Uh, so I'm Ranjit and I'm a partner at Mills Chody. Uh, I'm Alexander Rooney and I'm an associate solicitor at Mills Chody. So what are we talking about today, Alex? Today the subject we're talking about is hosting your leasehold flat on Airbnb. Okay, and, and why, why have we picked this topic for the first episode, the landmark episode? Pre-COVID, listing your flat on Airbnb was an extremely popular way of making some more money. The yield in some places on short-term lets is actually greater than letting out your property in a traditional way, um, either to a single family or sharers for a fixed term. Many residential landlords pivoted to catering exclusively for Airbnb. Whilst the pandemic has decimated tourism, once the industry is on the mend, this practice will no doubt recover as people look to generate additional income. Short-term lets are always extremely popular and Airbnb has just gone public, so we don't envisage this business model going away anytime soon. Okay, and I probably would also add to that that the tourism industry will inevitably bounce back. Um, I also think that you're going to have a lot of empty properties once the furlough scheme comes to an end. A lot of landlords are going to be sitting on properties where they can't find tenants. I mean, there was an article in the FT this weekend saying that the rents have gone down by you know, 10-15% in some of the, the main boroughs in London, um, Kensington, Camden, etc. So... You're going to have a lot of landlords sitting on properties they can't let out and this may well be a way for them to service their mortgage repayments to prevent lenders coming in and, and repossessing. So I think it's going to be, well, once, once things get back to normal, I think it's going to be quite a popular. Well, it already was popular, so I think it's going to continue to be as popular as it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, a lot of companies are getting used to flexible working and so are a lot of staff. Um, Pre-COVID, staff had the need to stay in London. Well, you'll find a lot of people who are renting in London previously may not necessarily need to. You might find a lot of landlords in London need to find other avenues to rent, be that on short-term lets or other ways, and I think Airbnb might prove quite popular. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the key considerations that we need to think about today? Okay, well, I think the starting point has to be your lease, and invariably, if we do more episodes and this goes on to be a successful series, we're going to be coming back to this time and time again. What are the terms of your lease and um, you know, the imperative that you, you check your lease and you make sure you're, you're aware of what it says you can and can't do? In, in this particular instance, I think the first clause that you're looking at is, is the user clause. So the, the clause which says what you can and can't use your property for. And with residential properties, what you tend to find is that the user clause will say that you can use it for private residence or as your home or, or something along those lines. Um, and there, there was an example. So one of the first reported decisions of use of a flat as an Airbnb uh, was Nemcova and Fairfield, which was an upper tribunal decision uh, 2016. And so that matter is an interesting one because the user clause provided that the property was not to be used or the the demise premises were not to be used or permitted to be used for any illegal or immoral purpose or for any purpose whatsoever other than as a private residence. Now, the lessee in this case, what she was doing was she had moved in with her boyfriend or was living with her boyfriend. Flat was empty and so she was renting out to business users, so people coming to London for business trips 
uh, and she'd let it out on Airbnb and other platforms uh, three to four days a week uh, whenever she could. And at first instance, the first tier tribunal found that a private residence, as, as stated in the clause, means use as a home. The lessee was not using the flat as her home and was in breach of the, the relevant provision in the lease. The lessee appealed and on appeal at the upper tribunal, uh, his honour Judge Stuart Briggs reviewed the case law and considered the construction of the lease. Uh, the judge found that the landlord's likely intention would have been to restrict the use of the flat to that of a private residence and he went on to find that the duration of the stay was relevant and that short-term lets did not have the necessary degree of permanence to be considered a private residence. As such, the breach of the second part of the user clause was upheld, or the, the finding that there was a breach of the second part of the user clause was upheld. And as I alluded to at the beginning of this section, uh, user clauses in residential leases tend to be fairly restrictive, but every lease will be slightly different, and whether a short-term let is a breach of the user clause will inevitably be fact-specific. So you mentioned the user clause. Is there anything else that one needs to be worried about? Yeah, there are. So there's, there's other clauses which are known as the alienation clauses. Collectively, they're known as the alienation clauses. So you'll, you'll find clauses which prevent subletting of part only or sharing of part only of the premises. Uh, and these clauses are likely to come into play in Airbnb cases where spare rooms are being let out. There may also be clauses preventing or prohibiting subletting of the whole of the premises without the landlord's consent. And an example of that can be found in, in the Bermondsey Exchange Freeholders Limited and Cometo case. And this was a, a claim by a landlord for an injunction preventing the uh, lessee, who was actually a solicitor, uh, from assigning or parting the possession of the whole of the premises uh, on Airbnb. So it was a claim for an injunction preventing him from hosting the property on Airbnb. And so this this was heard the first instance in, in Clerkenwell and Shoreditch County Court by District Judge Desai, who found that the first relevant clause, which was preventing subletting or sharing the possession of the whole of the demise premises, except where there'd been an authorised assignment or underlease, uh, the judge found that that clause had been breached, uh, but she didn't specify which part of the clause had been breached. Uh, and then, at first instance, the judge also found that another clause had been breached, which was preventing the assignment or subletting of the whole of the premises without the landlord's consent. Again, the judge found that there had been no prior written consent by the landlord, and so the, the lessee was found to be in breach of, of that covenant as well. And so the tenant, or the, sorry, the lessee appealed, but by the time of the appeal, been made bankrupt, and so his trustee in bankruptcy stepped into his shoes, but he was unsuccessful. On appeal, uh, his honour Judge Luber held that the judge at first instance was entitled to find the way that she did. And interestingly, actually, in this case, the user clause was also considered. And I think if you distill the majority of these cases down to their bones, time and time again, you're going to find that the user clause is going to be probably the, the one which is relied on mostly by landlords. Okay. Apart from the user clause, are there any other considerations in the lease? Yeah, there, there may be. So as, as we've said user clause, you've got um, the alienation clauses, and there may be other rules and regulations contained within the leases which are relevant. So um, the first user clause that we, we looked at in, in, in this podcast was not to use the device premises for any illegal or immoral purpose. And what you may find is that there's regulations in the lease preventing similar uh, activities. Uh, you may find uh, 
uh, covenant prohibiting noise, causing nuisance and annoyance to your neighbours. And I think that those clauses are going to come into play, especially where you find prime central London properties are being let out for purposes of parties. They'll be fact-specific, of course, and also there may be clause requiring notice to be given of a sublet, and obviously if you're uh, letting out on Airbnb, you may not be complying with that. So, again, as we said at the beginning, I think what you need to do is consider the terms of the lease uh, carefully before you embark on something like this. Well, apart from the lease, are there any other considerations that you need to think about? Yes, uh, if, if the property is mortgaged, I think you'll need to make sure that uh, you have your uh, mortgagor's consent mm-hmm. to sublet. And there may also be other conditions or covenants in the, in the mortgage agreement, which you'll need to be familiar with. And what would are the risks to a lessee letting out property by Airbnb? Well, well, the risks in terms of if you get caught and, and found yeah. out. Uh, well, you may well find yourself on the end of an action brought by the landlord or managing agent for breach of the lease. So that could either be in the form of a claim for a determination that there's been a breach of the lease uh, for an injunction preventing you from using the property contrary to the terms of the lease uh, or perhaps even a claim for specific performance of the terms of the lease. And if the landlord goes down the first route, which is determination of breach, that could potentially lead to forfeiture proceedings being brought against you in due course which may lead to the forfeiture of the lease, albeit quite unlikely. But certainly it's not beyond the realms of possibility that this could lead to you losing your lease. So it sounds quite expensive. Could well be, yeah. In addition to all of that, you've got the landlord's costs, which they will inevitably be looking to recover from you under the terms of your lease. And you'll also have your own legal fees if you do decide to engage uh, a solicitor or a barrister to, to, to help you out, to represent you. You mentioned that you need the consent of the mortgagor. Yes. So the other risk, I suppose, you run is that if you are in breach of your mortgage, you could find that the bank decides to take action to repossess the property. And and actually another consideration is that if you are only temporarily letting out the property and you plan on moving back in, uh, you may well sour relationships with your neighbours if you've been uh, engaging in short-term lets, particularly if uh, the sub-tenants have been using the property as a hotel as opposed to ordinary accommodation, or if they've been holding parties and the like. So, Alex, what would you say are the, the key takeaways from from today's podcast? I think, as you've alluded to a few times, Ranji, always check your lease. So if you want to let on Airbnb, make sure you know and check the terms of your lease. If you, don't, you are in any doubt, seek legal advice prior to taking any action. So to paraphrase his honour, Judge Luber, from the Cometa case, subject to any statutory provisions or planning controls, the answer to the question of whether the owner of a flat is at liberty to use his or her property for short-term rental or commercial hire to tourists will turn on whether the lease granted by the lessor to the owner permits or prohibits such use. I think it's always wise to speak to the landlord or management agent before embarking on this path to make sure everything is okay. So it's always important to vet tenants to make sure they aren't going to have parties which could lead to bad relations with your neighbours or worse, an injunction. Thank you very much, Alex.